so worthy Jesus oh let your spirit be loosed in this house that there is a breaking of our spirit God and by some means even our desires Lord that there is a liberty and freedom that is loosed in this place Lord God, that whatever you desire to do in this house, Lord, Lord, I purge, Lord, every thought and every distraction, God, that would be contrary to what you desire to do in our lives. And I, I pray that in its place there is an anticipation of the supernatural, that there is an, an expectation for a move of God in our lives, Lord. Let it be loose. Let it permeate our thoughts, Lord, and our thinking, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to take a text from John chapter 9, verse number 1. So glad that each of you are here. Thank you for standing. So glad to see at least half of a wonderful family of ours, Keith family. And uh, so glad that you're here, Sister Ashley and your family. Amen. John chapter 9, verse number 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, asked Jesus, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was blind, born blind? I believe that God is going to move in this house. One more time, I know we've prayed multiple times. I just pray that God would speak into our hearts right now. Lord Jesus, I pray over the next few moments that there is something that that you began to do, Lord God, Lord, that you have your way. However you desire to move in this place, uh, Lord, we give you praise for what you are about to do. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you can be seated if you would like. It is not uncommon that I come into the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, bright and early with two, sometimes three messages, and I literally try to feel after the presence of God and try to decide how he would direct and what was appropriate for the service. And as it would be that there was a message preached a little over a year ago, and I just felt so compelled this morning to return to this message. And so again, I'm going to speak to you for a few moments about why. Answering the question, why? And, uh, and so it is, this is what the disciples were asking Jesus they knew of this young man who was born with a congenital disease or disability and had not been able to see since birth. And although it is not a thinking that we are accustomed to, it was a theology of the day that any time that somebody was born with some sort of disability, especially something like this so drastic that he was not able to see, that there was one or two possible reasons for this disability. And the first was simply that either, well, the first was that the parents of this child had sinned. Somewhere in their past, they had done something to displease God, and now God was handing down uh, punishments to a generation later, two generations later. And I think I even myself, not having lived in the day and time, can go to the Old Testament and disprove that thinking. But that was the thinking of the day, was that it was a sin of the parents. 
and one that's probably even harder for us to understand because uh, uh, we assume that life begins at birth or maybe even at conception, but we know that but even before we were conceived that God knew us. And it, it, it is that this thinking is that somebody could have actually sinned before birth. And that because of a sin, that now they were born with this disability. And so no doubt this young man had often questioned it himself. And the disciples were questioning it. They have watched this young man. They have seen him beg or whatever he does to sustain himself. And they have watched him. How others have grown up and they've gotten possibly married and have children of their own. And here he is. And he is in a state of being dejected. And he is not like everybody else. And the thought that goes through their mind, I wonder if it was his parents or if it was him. I wonder what happened, why he is in this state now who sinned why is he blind no doubt this young man had had the same questions go through his mind and the thoughts of feeling sorry for himself and in the awkward silence that even without eyes you know that everybody is looking at you you know that everyone is looking and maybe you try to feel your clothing to see if maybe you spilt something on yourself or maybe to brush off the dirt after you've fallen. But it is a life that you know everybody looks at you and wonders why. What did he do? What did his parents do? The reproach of being stared at, looked at. What did I do? I wonder if he ever thought for a moment. I wonder if I could think back. Before birth, this is not things that we think about, but I wonder, understanding the theology of the day, what, what did I do? What possibly could I have done to bring me this low? What did mom and dad do that caused this? Maybe I was conceived outside of marriage. Maybe they have some great sin that they've never told me about. And, and now I am paying the price for someone else's mistake probably felt like we've been there before. Now he lives a life of heartache. Maybe God just doesn't really love me. Maybe I am just a really terrible person. Now I am subject for the rest of my life to be a victim. I'm being trapped by the question that we've all been trapped with before. Why? Why did all of this Why does this have to be my life? Why can't I be like somebody else? Why can't I have what somebody else has? Why do I have to get up and face these things? And it's not even my fault. It's not anything that I have done. God, why do I have to be this way? What did I do? What did they do? Now I have to live this life as a victim, trapped by the question of why. It becomes easy to assume the role of victim rather than to prepare to be a victor. How does it happen when we become trapped by the short little three-letter word, why? 
It allows us to be captivated more with our past than preparing for what God is desiring to place on our horizon. When we are so consumed with why me? Why do I have to go through that? It's not fair. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why does it always have to be me? Why can't I be like somebody else? Why can't I have that? Why can't I have that job? Why can't I have their health? Why can't I do this? Why? Why, God? And it allows us to be trapped in the past and forever be a victim of circumstances. Jesus saw someone else besides a victim. He only knew one thing, that it's something somebody else did to me, and now I will forever suffer. But Jesus saw beyond who he was and beyond the cage that he had built for himself with the question, why? And he realized that his world was getting ready to change, and he would become not a victim, but a victor. That there would be a healing that was getting ready to be loosed in just a moment's time. I wonder how often it is that God is trying to get our attention and to let go of our pity and our self-disgust and every accusation that we have made at everybody else. And he just says, I wonder if I can just get their eyes off of the past and look on me for just a moment. I'm so consumed with the question, why? Why? It doesn't matter what others have labeled you. It doesn't matter what you have labeled yourself. If you can get into the presence of God long enough to let go of your past... You see, that's where the why always keeps you in your past. What could I have done different? What could I have said different? I'm not against contemplation and reflection of wrongs, but when it dwells us there and we are held captive to something we can never change and it keeps us from experiencing what God wants us to get. But I believe there is something moving in the supernatural that if you will allow yourself for a few moments, God wants to tear you away from the past and put your eyes on what he is about to do. There is healing that is loosed in the sanctuary. Why me? We can get stuck in a very similar pattern as this young man, the negative things. And we've often said that life isn't easy. We tell our kids it's a part of toughen them up, Brother Jay, right? Life isn't easy. Get over it. Suck it up, buttercup, right? Yeah. Got to say those things every once in a while. Michael's shaking her head. Yes, yeah, she's heard that. And we often say things like that. Life isn't easy, and we know that, but it doesn't make the experience any more pleasurable when you have to walk through those things. Things that no one else wants to trade places with you. And we go through loss, and we go through heartache, and we go through tragedy. And we began to attribute blame and causation as we began to reflect on the question of why. And really, quite frankly, we're not very good at it. We attribute a lot of things, and we're probably not even right. The best that the disciples could come up with is that he sinned or his parents sinned, and that wasn't right at all. And all the things that we contemplate about what we could have done differently, and this is why he is here, and she did that, and he does this, and this is why I have to live with this. And quite frankly, we're probably completely wrong. I've watched 
as families and individuals suffer great pain. Not just in the church, but on the job we all have. We've seen people go through things. Good people go through things. And I so want to offer an answer to the burning question that is always present. Why? Why? Why did it have to happen? I've seen parents destroy themselves literally as the result of a child that is now an adult and has gone their own way and largely caused self-induced pain. But still yet, it plagues a parent and they ask themselves, why? What could I have done? And they're constantly focused on the past. I've seen uh, funerals of children, of young people, people that were taken from us way too long. And the question is always there, why? Pastor Jason, why? And I so want to be able to give them an answer. And some people wrestle with the why so long that they build a cage of unforgiveness that they can't even forgive God because they don't understand why. It never allows them to celebrate in freedom that God desires for them to walk in. I've seen the sickness and pain withered bodies of great men and women and prayers. Prayers that seem to go unanswered. Pastor Jason, why? It's not fair. I don't get it. Why? You see, the question why traps us in the past and removes the expectation of the miraculous in the future. It creates a cell that allows us to be captive to a time in the past which we cannot change. But God wants to deliver us from past. There are some people that even in this place this morning, I believe so strongly that God began to speak to me that there were people that are holding themselves captive, questioning what they could have done differently and why it had to happen and why it had to be this way. And God wanted me to speak that it doesn't have to be that way. If you can let go of the why, He can create a miracle. If you can let go of the accusations, He can develop some freedom in your life. Jesus answered them in verse number 3, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents. That was all they had. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. That God may get glory in your affliction or in your restoration. And neither of those things happen unless you stay fast in the presence of God. That God may get glory if I have to bear this thing with me for the rest of my life. But God's going to walk with me. Or whether I stay with God and He delivers me from it. Neither of those solutions, neither of those victories actually happen if we leave the presence of God. Held captive by the why. Asaph was so perplexed by the why. Why? I don't understand. I don't get it. 
Why all of this? Why all this chaos? Why all of this? And he was to the point that he would have slipped until he went back into the sanctuary. And then there was clarity of mind. What are you telling me, Pastor Jason? I know it's easy to be captured and held bondage by the why. But if you can get into the presence of God long enough, he can do something inside of you. And he can set you free. There can be healing that can be loose. There is deliverance that is loosed in the sanctuary if we allow ourselves to get into the presence of God. Hear me when I say I'm, I'm generally sorry for some things that some of you have had to face. Some of you have confided things in me and it, it tears me up, and I'm talking about adults there sharing things with me and, 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 and uh, things that happened to you as children, and now you carry the bondage with you and all the question why. I'm sorry that some of you had to grow up in, in, in the wrong side of the tracks or grow up in, in, in poverty simply because you had parents that were addicted to uh, the alcohol and things. And maybe you were even introduced to those uh, things as a child. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I'm sorry you had to go through that relationship. I'm sorry you had to lay her to rest. I'm sorry you had to lose your home. I'm sorry. I genuinely am. I'm sorry you had to lose your car. I'm sorry you had to lose out on an opportunity. I'm sorry it seems like everyone else gets their healing. And you simply have not got your healing yet. I'm sorry that you've had to carry that emotional baggage with you. And I I truly am. I'm sorry. I 100% agree. It's not fair. And the answer... To why still eludes you. But if I could somehow break you from this little question that all of a sudden it really doesn't matter anymore. God, I don't know why. Maybe you'll tell me, maybe you won't, but I'm tired of being tied to my past. I'm tired of trying to figure it out anymore. And I just want to get into your presence and whatever you do with me, to me, through me, I don't even care anymore. But I'm tired of being bound to my past. I'm tired of walking in and out of a place where everyone else seems to experience the presence of God. But I have somehow demoted myself and lowered myself and said I can't ever get what they've got because of who I am. And God, I don't know why I've had to face this. But here I want to let somebody know you don't have to carry that little question with you anymore. You don't have to be addicted to your past. You don't have to be bound by who you used to be. You don't have to be identified with a label that says that's the sick person. That's the blind person. That's the one that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. That's the one that doesn't have any hope. That's the one that doesn't have any family. That's the one that doesn't have anybody that cares about them. That's the one that doesn't have any money. That's the one that lost their home. That's the one that lost their car. Instead, you get into the presence of God And all of those things no longer matter. And it's amazing when you can let go and break the chain of why. That suddenly it frees God to do the miraculous in your life. So we all stand in this place.
sense and I see in my spirit and also in the physical that God is beginning to speak into hearts and you face some things that that are not fair and it doesn't make sense and the question why and You've demoted yourself to who you can be and who you think you can be. But I want to tell you, I don't care what label you've placed on yourself or what others have placed on you. One moment in the presence of God, in all of the pain, all of the pain, all of the limitations can melt away. And in that moment, it will be as the blind man and that God will receive glory. You see, here's the thing. You say, well, what if it doesn't fix everything? I know it's overused, but in Job, after he suffered everything, his friends could only come up with the same reasons that we find in the New Testament for why he suffered all of this loss. You've sinned, Job. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But this thing I know, though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. You see, there is nothing that Satan can do to destroy you when you refuse to be tied to the why and said, still, I'm going to give God praise. I don't care about why. Job is saying, I don't care. You can come up. You can point fingers. You can say whatever you want to say. But this one thing I know that is not going to change my worship it's not going to change my praise. It's not going to change who I am. He said, I'm not going to be tied. You can question why all you want, but I'm not going to be tied to who I used to be. I'm letting go of the why. And in that moment, a few chapters, suddenly we see that Job is restored. Why? He did not allow himself to, to be pulled into his past and wallow in misery of why. But instead, he allowed himself to step into the presence of God. And in that moment, why didn't matter? Because that Job, you know what you used to have. Now you're going to have twice as much. You know everything that you used to possess. Now you're going to have twice as much. Hey, you blind man, I know you've been blind since birth. But in just a moment, I'm going to touch you, and the glory of God is going to be revealed in your life. Why? Why? I wonder if in your mind, we all have whys. But as this piece of paper, you could imagine just somehow physically ripping. No. I'm not gonna, I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back to the why that limits me. I'm stepping into the promises of God. And He's gonna receive glory. All over this place, I'm gonna ask that if you struggle with the question why, God wants to deliver you from that. And there's bless there's blessings, there's blessings that God has if you remain faithful and in His presence. Though he slay me, I yet I'm going to serve him. Take anything away from me that I've got, but I'm still going to serve. What can your enemy do with that? Absolutely nothing. I'm always going to be in his presence. I'm opening up this altar right now. I'm asking you to come. If you're struggling with the question why these, answer, these altars are open, God wants to create a deliverance for you. God wants to lose healing. I believe there's healing in this place right now, but there are... Uh, the, the, there is deliverance in this place. There are answers in this place.
God is moving in this place right now. And here, just a moment, I'm going to ask the church, because there's people here that are hurting and are struggling with things, and you're going to come beside them. You're going to allow the gifts of the Spirit to be used, and you're going to begin to speak into their lives. You're going to pray over them, and things are going to happen in this place. Just another moment as people are making this way to this place, to the front. Jesus, though he slay me, is it going to change anything? I've already made up my mind. I'm not tied to my past. I'm not tied to my past. There's still people making their way to this front. That's all right. Church, get ready. You're getting ready to be used. There's going to be things that are going to be loosed in this place here in just a moment. God's going to anoint you. He's going to speak through you in just a moment. All right, I'm asking the church right now. You see somebody that's up here. Maybe you have a relationship with them. Maybe you know what's going on. Maybe you don't, but God's going to use you. I want you to begin to speak. We're going to speak that there's healing that is loose, that there is deliverance that is loosed. The past becomes the past. God is working in this place right now. There's a, there's a, there's a, a sweet move of His presence. It's, it's speaking in hearts right now. Yes. There was a deliverance being loose right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. There are weights that are being removed. There are limitations that are being removed. There is healing that is being loosed in this place right now. That's it, church. Allow God to speak to you right now. Speak into somebody's life right now. Let the Spirit flow through you right now. Yes. Yes. With Jesus, I can take it. With Him, I know I can. No matter.